Hi, so if you haven't met before, my name is Caroline, and this week's reading is from Ephesians um, chapter 4, 17 to 32. Um, week 8 is just past halfway in the booklet. So I tell you this, and insist on it, the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must pull off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, over the last few weeks, we've um, had a beautiful picture of church put before us, haven't we? Um, We've had uh, this picture of the dearest place on earth, as Paul put it in his first sermon. Um, The idea of this people who are like an orchestra, Uh, Everyone serving each other, playing their part, uh, doing what they can to create this place of deep unity, uh, of honest, rich relationships, really living out what it means to be the new humanity. Um, It's been a beautiful picture. I I don't know about you, but I've bought it. Um, I've bought the dream. I I love it. I want it. Uh, Is it just me? Perhaps it is. I hope not. I've got this this picture that I long for, and yet I feel like it's an unachievable unachievable dream. It's an ideal that's out there, and I'm over here, and I don't really know how to get from here to there. I don't know what I'm meant to do to achieve that. I mean, what exactly are we meant to do to make progress towards that goal of being the, the new humanity? And a related question, how do I individually make progress to be a new human? Friends, I hope you realise that this is a a hugely significant question that we're asking this evening. How do we make progress as a church to be the kind of church God wants us to be? How do I make progress as a Christian? And I've got to say that my assumption, subconscious assumption, is... I've got to work harder. I've just got to work harder. 
But that kind of isn't that what all the other religions and the self-help books say? Just work harder at it. What am I supposed to work harder at? Surely it's not just work. Well, fortunately, uh, Paul tells us what to do here. It's right there in verse 23. I hope you got your uh, passage open there and look at verse 23 with me. He says that we are to be made new in the attitude of our minds. We need to have renewed minds. Not just working harder, but thinking differently. And that's the key thing tonight, to have renewed minds. It's actually part of a slightly larger process, um, Paul's getting changed process. You might have picked it up there from verse 22 to verse 24. Just follow that with me, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self, to get changed. There are three points this evening, uh, to take off the old self, to be renewed in our minds, and to put on the new self. Uh, but just to keep you on your toes, I'm going to put the second one first. So first of all, be renewed in your minds. Or as verse 23 puts it, be made new in the attitude of your mind. Would you look at verse 20 with me? Paul says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. This is written to Christians. Christians are the ones who have learnt the truth in Jesus, about who Jesus really is and what he's done, and therefore what the whole shape of reality is. When you know Jesus and what he's done, you understand the whole shape of reality. And finally, we know who we are amongst all of that. You see, we've all got a basic story that we tell ourselves about how the world fits together. Who am I? What's my place in it? And Paul is saying that when we learnt Christ, we learnt the truth. The true story about this world and ourselves. But what he's saying here is, we need to keep renewing our thinking. We need to keep being reminded of that story reinforcing it to ourselves and to each other. I really like the actor Daniel Day-Lewis. Does anyone else like Daniel? Good actor. He's a great actor. He's meant to be the best method actor of our time. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis completely immerses himself in his part before the filming even begins. Uh, so, for example, in The Last of the Mohicans, he, um, he went and lived in the wild before the filming. And during filming, he only ate what he hunted. He even managed to build a canoe. Uh, before the filming of um, In the Name of the Father, when he was to play a convict, he locked himself in solitary confinement. During filming, he asked the crew to abuse him regularly and chuck cold water on him. Interesting, he takes it seriously, doesn't he? As well as that, he knows his script back to front, inside out. You see, Daniel Day-Lewis wants to know his role. He wants to know the story and live it out. And Paul is saying something very similar to us. He wants us to be very clear about what our role is in God's drama. To be constantly renewing our thinking, who we are, what's our character. Well, we're 
We're children of God. We're part of Jesus. We're the new humanity. That's who we are. We need to keep remembering that. He wants us to constantly renew our thinking about the broader storyline too. Um, people's hearts from God. Is this cutting out a lot? Yeah, I might just stop that. Is that right, Tom? People's hearts are far from God. There's dark forces in our world that want to destroy his good creation. And yet our King Jesus has come into that, has died for us and has risen in glory. And he tells us that one day, everything in heaven and on earth will be united together under him. That's our storyline that we exist in. We need to remind ourselves of that. You will notice in verse 23 um, that the command there is passive. It says, to be made new. You see, we don't um, make up this story for ourselves, somehow achieve it ourselves. It's given to us in Jesus. God sort of draws us into this story so that we can make it our own. And yet it's not entirely passive because we do need to grab hold of this story to actually embrace it as our own story, our controlling story, through which we understand life. Um, You you might realise that that's what Paul was doing in chapter 1. Remember that great big long list of our blessings that we have in Christ? He was trying to say, this is your story, Christian friends. This is who you are. And then in in chapter 1, verse 15, he prayed for them and he prayed... I I want you to have the spirit of of wisdom and revelation so that you'd know this stuff. I pray that the eyes of your hearts would be opened so that you'd you'd grab hold of this, that this story would be your truth. And last week, uh, we heard that uh, for the church to grow, each of us need to speak the truth in love to each other. Now, I I don't think a great... Part of that is rebuking each other nicely. I think a large chunk of it is speaking the truth to each other lovingly. Reminding each other of the truth, our truth. Friends, we do need to keep reinforcing this story to each other, renewing our minds. It's the only way we'll actually progress in playing our role as the new humanity. Therefore, let me ask you, what are you doing to renew your mind? Day to day, week to week, how do you remember your true story, the story as it is in Jesus? Coming to church is great, because that's what we try to do here. We try to remind ourselves of the truth and and actually to enact it as well. Um, Listening to Christian music, maybe going to connect groups. But friends, none of these things replace reading the Bible. It tells you the true story because it is the true story. How are we going to play our roles if we're not reading the script? Friends, I want to kind of make an apology, actually, and say I'm sorry that I haven't been very good at, at helping you do this. I say to people, read your Bible, and I don't give you any help. 
We're trying to amend our ways as a staff team and we're going to be having some um, Bible reading resources on the bookstore just to help people get into the Bible. And friends, the reason I'm banging on about this is if we don't keep renewing our minds, we're not going to take off the old self and we're not going to put on the new self because we won't even know what it is. If we don't do this, then the true story of Jesus will be replaced with the futile thinking of the old self. And that brings us to our second point, taking off the old self. Would you look down again with me at the passage at verse 17? Verse 17, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, those who are without Christ, in the futility of their thinking. In some ways, it's a pretty obvious you know, command, isn't it? You know, if you're going to live as the new, the new self, the new humanity, don't live as the old humanity. It's pretty straightforward. It's just, it's just inappropriate. If you're a new creation in Christ, don't live the old way. It's inappropriate. It's, it's, you know, like it's, it's inappropriate to wear your office clothes to the beach. It's inappropriate to wear your swimmers to the office. I had a friend who once wore a Superman costume to a black tie event. That's just inappropriate. Funny, but inappropriate. And Paul is saying, friends, there are a certain, there's a certain way of life, there's certain patterns of life that are just inappropriate for Christians. And we need to take it off, he says. Take it off. Those ways of life and thinking don't suit us because they're based, verse 17, on futile thinking. Purposeless. Empty. It's futile because, verse 18, it's separate from the life of God. That kind of thinking, the thinking of those without Christ, is disconnected from God, the one who makes sense of everything. So it's like they've got the whole picture, but they're not sure which way is up or what to do with it. It's not that the world without Christ is stupid. No, verse 18, it's due to the hardening of their hearts. They just don't want to know Jesus. They won't choose him. So friends, can you see how different our thinking is to that? Verse 17, futile thinking. Verse 23, Renewed mind. In the original language, it's the same word, thinking and mind, same thing. And that futile thinking leads to a certain way of life. Um, you see, if there's no Jesus in, this, in the picture, then what's the point? And verse 19 says, Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Just sensuality, desires, if it feels good, do it, that kind of thinking, even if it's impure. That's what futile thinking actually leads to down the track. That's the world around us, isn't it? You know, have you ever been at the top of a tall building? Some of you probably work in these places, and you look down at the world, and all the people kind of moving around and doing their things, and you ask yourself, I wonder why they're doing it. I wonder what's going on. I wonder what their thinking is. Why are they doing life? 
And I'm worried that sometimes the answer from too many people would be, I don't know. Or something along the lines of, satisfy my cravings? Just, I don't know, it feels right. It's a really sad picture that Paul presents in that first paragraph, isn't it? People just bumbling along through life, not really knowing what it's all about because they don't know God, just following their desires. But then in verse 22, Paul says the desires are deceitful. They promise a lot and don't deliver. Can you see why Paul, friends, calls that futile thinking? Can you see why that kind of thinking and living doesn't suit Christians? Like as verse 20 said, we've learnt Christ. We don't belong in that kind of thinking anymore. We've, we've learnt the new story, the truth. So the kind of behaviour that goes with the old humanity, it just doesn't suit us anymore. And so verse 22, take it off. Take it off. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? So why, friends, do I take so long to actually do that? Why are we so comfortable with the ways and the patterns and the behaviour of the old self? What sort of thing is Paul thinking about? Well, verse 25, he says, falsehood. We've got to take off falsehood. Verse 26, unresolved anger. Verse 29, unwholesome talk. These are the things we need to take off. They're just examples. Um, I could mention maybe some patterns I see in our church. Uh, The pattern of worshipping our children. Of not wanting to stand out. Of fitness first above everything. Of spoiling ourselves too much. These are kind of patterns of the world that have snuck into our church as well. I could go on and on, but... Friends, these are the things we need to take off. And of course, we don't just take off. Otherwise, in Paul's analogy, we'd be naked. So point three, put on. This is actually the goal, being the new humanity. Put on the new self. So verse 24. Would you read verse 24 with me? Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Our new self, our new patterns of life and behaviour have to line up with Jesus, the one who is like God, the one who is the true standard of righteousness and holiness. So, so when we're thinking about you know, how should we live, The question is, what would Jesus do? Does anyone remember WWJD, that little, what would Jesus do? Did anyone have one of the little bracelets? A few nods, okay. A few people don't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. And friends, there's great freedom when it comes to figuring out these new patterns of life. The New Testament doesn't give us a law about this. Because we've got to use, we've got to be creative. It's a bit of an adventure. Jesus didn't have to deal with online copyright laws or fertility treatment ethics, things like that. He didn't have to deal with that. We do. So what are we meant to do? How are we going to be like Jesus in those things? 
Well, we've got to use our imagination. We've got to use our renewed thinking. Do you see how important it is to have a mind shaped by the gospel? A gospel imagination, a gospel thinking, renewed. Friends, that's, that's the pattern that Paul sets out for us. Take off the old, renewed thinking, put on the new. Um, and I just want, uh, for the last few minutes, to show how Paul actually applies this uh, to a few different areas. Um, I've tried to stick with the analogy of clothing that doesn't suit and should be taken off. But please be warned, I know nothing about fashion, as you can probably tell. So first of all, hopefully we'll get it up there. First of all is the broken stiletto of falsehood. Things you should take off. Uh, So have a look with me at verse 25. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and, I can insert the words put on, speaking truthfully to your neighbour. For... What does the renewed mind think? For we are all members of one body. Do you see those three movements? Our world is actually pretty happy with falsehood. Um, You know, whatever works, bending the truth. And friends, I am too. I'm too happy to pepper a story to make it interesting. But the renewed mind realises that we are all members of one body. And making falsehood the basis of our one body, that's not a good idea. Because if your brother or sister is basing their life on some kind of falsehood, things that aren't true, and you're one body with them, that's going to have implications for for you, for our church body. And so, take it off. It doesn't suit Christians. It's like a broken stiletto. It's not a firm foundation for our lives together. I'm not pretending that we can just go, you know, I've got a renewed mind, suddenly changed, never speak falsehood again. But I'm asking that we begin to pull ourselves up when we notice ourselves heading down that path and instead put on truthfulness. The second example Paul gives is the bite me t-shirt of anger. Verses 26 to 27. Would you read that with me? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. What does the renewed mind think when it thinks anger? It thinks, we're in a battle here. God's people, Satan, He's looking for any crack, any, any foothold where he can get in and break up our unity. And so, Paul says, take off the bite me t-shirt of anger. It doesn't suit us. Paul's very realistic. He doesn't say don't get angry. Anger's not necessarily a bad thing. It's what we do with it. It's where it can lead to. So we must work at not letting our anger simmer we know where it leads and so the new pattern to put on is swift reconciliation before the sun goes down and just may I briefly say can I commend this to any married couples Uh, my wife and I have found it very useful 
Uh, friends, Paul goes on and on from, from verse 28. He leads to a, a bunch of other examples, and we're not going to go through them tonight. Um, but I, I want to say that these are just examples. Paul actually wants us to apply, apply this pattern to all sorts of areas in our lives. Taking off, renewal, putting on. And so I just want to work through one quick example um, that I think might be relevant to us here. That is the, this third one, the generic genes of not standing out. The world doesn't want to stand out. It likes to fit in. I've been asking people at 5pm why we don't speak the gospel to each other. Why we don't remind each other of you know, little parts of our story, the true story in Jesus. And the answer I've been getting is, I'd stand out. It'd be weird. I'd feel holier than thou. And can I say, I get that. I agree. I find it weird as well. But friends, let's remember our story. We are one body, together in a struggle against the dark forces, against sin, for the glory of God. And we need to tell each other the true story because no one outside the church is going to do that. No one. We need to do it for each other. So let's take off the generic genes of not wanting to stand out. And let's put on this, a new pattern, a willingness to, to talk and to share, even if it means standing out a bit. Simple, short truths. Jesus loves you. Don't forget, friend, Jesus understands. You might be having a really tough week. Remember, this is not the end. Little things, they're just tiny examples. And I know that'll seem strange at first as we put on a new pattern. It's a bit like putting on a new pair of jeans. You know, they're not that comfortable for the first little while. You're kind of like the old worn-out ones. But we'll wear into them, and I'll be good. There's heaps of other examples um, I could point out from church. Uh, the 80s tracksuit of fitness first before anything else. Uh, the beer goggles of alcohol consumption. I'm a bit concerned about that. The obscenely large diamond ring of spoiling ourselves too much. I, I could go on and on, but I won't, because I, that's not the point here. I don't want you to be left with, left with a list in your heads. Uh, that's not the point. Paul is telling us here that if we want to make any progress in these things, if we want to make any progress as the new humanity, then it begins with renewing our minds. That, that's what I want you to be left with. All progress in following Jesus starts there. Grabbing hold of our new story that he's given us, graciously gifted us in Jesus, and reinforcing it to ourselves and to each other. That's, it's not going to come through um, working harder, just, just working harder, but by thinking differently. I will say that sometimes it requires hard work to renew your mind. And sometimes as your mind is being renewed, you realise, actually, I need to put something off and put on something new, and that's going to be hard work. But it begins here. Taking hold of the truth as it is in Jesus more completely, more deeply.
Can I pray for us? Lord Jesus, we really uh, do want to thank you uh, for teaching us truth. Lord God, we didn't have it. Uh, We were living a futile kind of life in our thinking and acting, but you showed us the truth in Jesus. We pray, please, that you continue to renew our minds. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know that truth better. We would cling to it more firmly. We would make it uh, the story uh, that controls our thinking. And then, Lord, help us to take off those old patterns and put on a new kind of life so that we'd live like Jesus for your glory's sake. Amen.